0: party here at the church in the afternoon after our Lord's Day morning worship uh, to enjoy watching the Chiefs again in the Super Bowl. I say again because this is the third time that we've seen it. This is why I'm wearing this jersey brought to you by Pastor Wood and Ashley and their generous gift to me. And it came in good use when I took the boys to the preseason game earlier in the year and I guess it's going to come in good use uh, today and in this more informal setting here this evening. Um all we wear of course as you can see let's pray together before we open up god's word father we're just so thankful lord that you are so gracious to us and your mercies renew every morning and your word gives us insights insights that just go beyond what we could just come up with on our own It's a kind of authority, Lord, and we know this, Lord, we know this, and we need this. It's a kind of authority that that actually motivates us to action and thinking to be changed, causing us to know you better, to know ourselves better, uh, to be able to know others and engage with other people better because you've actually spoken. Lord, you're there. You're not silent. You've spoken. You've given us your word, and we're thankful that we get to see it again even for a second time this Lord's Day. Lord, would you use our time together just to edify and build up the body that is here and that you'd encourage us in your word. We say this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as some of you know, I went to a conference put on by Bethlehem College and Seminary this past week, which is a school that John Piper founded years ago through Bethlehem Baptist Church. Piper's ministry, maybe some of you are familiar with it, is called Desiring God. And the driving focus of his entire preaching ministry and calling, really, has been to awaken people to the glory of God a good that's a good focus isn't it now there are key protestant catechisms that point to the glory of God as well I've mentioned this before teach our kids question what is the chief end of man what is the ultimate purpose of man answer to glorify God and enjoy him forever that's really good too right That's our ultimate purpose. We need to hear that. We need direction on that. But Piper connected God's glory and man's happiness in a way that I think bears repeating. And he says, hear this, God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in him. I'm going to say it again just to get it. In our minds, God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in him. Or, he's put it another way, he's kind of, he's, he's glorified in our satisfaction of him. That brings God's glory when we, when we love and are thankful for and find our joy in him that glorifies God. So God is our satisfaction, And he is for our happiness of all things. You don't hear that? Preach much, right? He wants us to live joyful lives, even. The Christian, rather than being kind of the duds at the party, so to speak, a godly party, or gloomy, or just kind of down all the time, like just no joy, or rather to be happy people satisfied in God. Now, I know we don't always feel happy. I'm not saying fake it but we have a lot to be joyful in, right, church? And God, rather than being this cosmic killjoy, is all about our happiness and satisfaction in him. Not satisfaction in worldly things, but satisfaction in joy and happiness in God. This leads us to our text this morning in 1 Corinthians 10. 31. Let's see it for ourselves and our Bibles are on the screen. It says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Our sermon this evening, it's gonna be really simple, two points, both about the glory of God, of course. Starting with the obvious things, then moving to the more earthly things that we don't usually think of, less obvious. Two points. Point number one, the obvious things to God's glory. I want you all to listen to me on this. I don't want you to miss this. It's not all that complicated, but doing what God says in his word and seeking to live out your life or our entire lives in an increasing way to know his word and to apply it And to heed it and to be corrected by it is for, actually for your good and happiness and joy. For my good. It's good for me. If you don't do what God tells you to do, it leads to hurt. Even if there are momentary pleasures in this life. But here's the thing about what Piper is getting at that is so world-changing, I think. Mind-blowing. It just might might just be rooted in your heart tonight to just kind of change your whole perspective on things, maybe. Hopefully. Most people think that happiness is found by pursuing things that God forbids. Right? Media, the news, our friends, our family. It could preach that message to us a lot, and we could sometimes think, yeah, that's happiness. That, that's really what happiness and joy is all about. You know, the, the message that goes out to the world, right, that we see is sex, drugs, and rock and roll, that party scene. That's where people seek and find happiness. That's what the world tells us. The glitz and glamour and the stuff and the, all this. There's the happiness. That's the message, Right? We can't deny that that's the message that's going forward from our world. But Piper points us to a passage like this that we're seeing, as well as many other passages throughout the Bible, that shows us that Christians are the ones who have the key to happiness because God is the ultimate source of joy and true happiness and satisfaction. Does that that make sense? The world says sin is where the pleasure and happiness and joy is all at. But we learn from the author of Hebrews, in Hebrews eleven twenty four 24 to 25, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy what? The fleeting pleasures of sin fleeting, here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> the scriptures say that there's pleasures in sin, pleasures, quote, quote, fake pleasures in sin, but it's fleeting here today, gone tomorrow, for our destruction, not our good. You see that? It's, it's biblical. Sin may allure people to a kind of fake happiness, but Christians must, must fight temptations to sin and glorify God with a greater kind of happiness and joy. There's a better happiness than what you got, world. Way better. Immensely better. Billions and billions and zillions of times better. Listen to this from Pastor John Piper relating the fighting of sin with the vision of the Christian life. This is really good. Hear it. He says, I know of no other way to triumph over sin long-term than to gain a distaste for it because of a superior satisfaction in God. That's really helpful. That's deep. That's true. We must fight sin to the glory of God by enjoying God and what he has for us more than the sinful options that the world will give us. (laughs) Helpful vision here. So the world says, by way of an example, just one, there's lots of them, you sleep in, just watch football all day on the Lord's Day. This might seem nice and fun for some, but God says in Hebrews, do not forsake the assembling together. And to take Piper's framework, we need to see the wisdom of God in gathering with the saints as even better than vegging out all day and doing whatever our hearts might tell us to do on the Lord's day. We need to gather. We might watch football later on different days or whatever. That's, that's all fine, but we need to gather. We must gather. It's better than all that. We can't enjoy the other things if we're not doing the things of God that he's called us to do. It's, it's, it seems just elementary, but we need to be reminded of it. This is actually good for us and for our joy. He knows best. We may think that we know better, but who knows better? god his word is better it's better to do what god has given us because even if we had all the earthly or worldly delights we would be miserable and unhappy with just those things because those things do not ultimately satisfy that is why lottery winners often are drawn to despair Pro-athletes with all the money, losing family, not really happy. Sometimes sometimes they could seem happy, but they're missing something. Actors and actresses, missing something. They seem to have it all. But, But at the root, they're missing something. Is this all that there is? You could think. I thought money and stuff would make me happy. But, but guess what? The answer to them and to everybody else is that just it's not going to ultimately do that for us. No, God knows what truly satisfied, satisfies and all the obvious things in his word must not be ignored here or avoided. So taking up his word to read and benefit and grow is good for us. He's given it to us. It's really, really good. Even if someone says it's really, really boring and bad. No, it's really, really good. Don't listen to them. God knows best. Praying to him is for our good. Going to church to learn and grow and help others learn and grow is for good. It's good and happiness and joy. Using our gifts to his glory, this is just the basics. Caring about giving an answer for the hope and the defense of the faith that is within us is all good things to care about, biblical things. It requires knowing God and his word, which is a lifelong fa- task. Let's keep doing it. This is good for us. Don't, don't lose heart on that. Cultivating fellowship with believers in a variety of settings. Good. Including a setting where we're going to watch some football together next week. That, that's Good. That's okay, that's good. Increasing and growing in an intentional discipleship ourselves, even if, as we help others and disciple others as well, that they would grow. Good, really, really good. And if we would pursue romantic relationships, those who feel called to that and, and desire that, desire marry your one spouse, of the opposite gender as God has designed to His glory, to God's glory, and stay with them for life that's good, good, biblical, rich, wonderful. Other people will give you different messages. They're wrong. That's bad. It's not good. God knows what's good for us. So we just need to pursue those things He has revealed that is good. Take up a vocation that honors and glorifies God and do it to the glory of God that's good seek good Christian friendships not gossip buddies good to seek the friendships bad to seek the gossip buddies love and nurture and teach and enjoy and connect with your kids and grandkids for that matter good glorious these are all the basic things that we all know Glorify God, but don't miss it because it really is for our joy and happiness to do what he's revealed to us. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. But there's more to this glorifying God aspect of things that we could consider, which we are right now. Which leads us to our second point. And number two, the earthly things to God's Glory. So we've got the obvious things to God's glory. We just saw some of those. There's more to be said there. But now the earthly things to God's glory. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says what? What does it say? So, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do you see that? The Apostle Paul, in one verse that can be multiplied in other passages of Scripture in different ways, broadens the way we glorify God from the obvious areas that we just quickly saw in that first point to other less obvious areas, right? You see that? Broadens it out to these other areas that are just not... They're there in the verse, but for whatever reason, it seems like we've missed (laughs) the point. I don't want you to miss the point. Paul doesn't say, so whether you are at church reading your Bible, whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Though that's true. That's true, right? We saw that. Those are things of the glory of God. We see other passages that say that that glorifies God. Don't get me wrong. But, But he talks about eating mundane things and drinking and whatever else we might do for that matter. This is not the category of the obvious spiritual things. Do you see that? There's more that we could have on, in our radars, in our worldview, to glorify God that goes beyond just Sunday services. So as I mentioned this morning, we can certainly watch the Super Bowl next Sunday together, as we will have kind of our fellowship party later after church together, and we can and we should watch the game, or not, not should, you don't have to watch the game. There's no command to watch the game. But if we do watch the game, and if we do cheer on the Kansas City Chiefs, we can do it to the glory of God. We can. That falls into the whatever you do category, right? Now, we cannot glorify God doing sinful things, but we should seek to do God-honoring earthly things to God's glory. Does that? Do you see? We need to have eyes to see that if we are watching a ball game or on vacation or at the store or tending to the needs of our children or cleaning up the mess, maybe by said children, or at least directing them to clean it, that whatever we do, even if it seems mundane, we can do it, and we should do it, what? To the glory of God. There's more to add to this list. We need to stop thinking in a kind of secular, sacred dichotomy that the Roman Catholic Church has kind of plunged on the human race. Not for good, but for confusion and for bad. They kind of, spiritual things are good, and they categorize the spiritual things, things that you would see and do in church, or things that church people would do, kind of thing. The earthly things are lesser, maybe even evil or bad. That sometimes gets into our churches here, even in Protestant churches, right? Right? But the Bible says, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do unto the glory of God. What's our worldview? We need to correct it if we're not seeing some of these other things. And if God is for our satisfaction and happiness, then we need to start watching that sunset to the glory of God and our joy and happiness. To start wrestling with your dog to the glory of God. Or go, I don't know, launch a string up into the air to plop into a pond to catch a big fish to the glory of God or to go on a date with your spouse to the glory of God, or on vacation with your family to have fun and glorify God and all that you do, thanking him every step of the way. And realize that if you have a great time, it's not because you're being sinful necessarily, but because you are enjoying earthly things that God has given you and us for our good and joy and happiness. So eat that steak to the glory of God. Or drink that drink you love to the glory of God. That's what the text says. Not in sinful ways, but in God-honoring ways. And it honors God to use our taste buds that he's given us to enjoy the things that he has given us for the glory of God, for our good and joy. Right? I mentioned Piper quite a bit earlier, but it's in this latter area that many people get tripped up and awkward, this latter area of earthly things. Christians sometimes feel like they have to apologize for enjoying the good things of earth. <laughs> you ever been in a conversation like that? Oh yeah, we're gonna, you know, watch the ball game, but, but they bring other things in, like as if the ball game, you know, had to or anything. I mean, there's so many scenarios in which we could almost like not see that we could be good Christians doing some of these earthly things that He's given us to enjoy. Joe Rigney, who is now the president of Piper's school, <clears throat> that, that school I mentioned before, and it's actually the school where Michael Kilpatrick goes now. You remember Michael's a young man who preached, you know, a year and a half ago? Yeah, you know, I see a hand. <laughs> you remember Michael, young man who preached here in this pulpit a couple years ago, a year and a half ago? Um, Michael was at that conference with me as well, by the way. And he just got engaged also. That's cool. But, but back to Rigney. Rigney, his, the president of a school, wrote a great little book called Strangely Bright. It, ask me about it later. I wish I would have brought it to show it. The subtitle of Strangely Bright was, Can You Love God and Enjoy This World? That's a good question. That's a really good question. And Rigney is, of course, completely bought into this idea of the glory of God. Or, as Piper has coined the term, Christian hedonism. Hopefully that's going to hit you. Probably you've never heard it. He's popularly kind of coined that term, which is getting at, you know, God wants us as Christians to be happier than the wild pagan hedonists out there living for pleasure in those bad ways. He wants us to be joyful and happy and, and you know not kind of sour and you know just uh. you see the connection to that language there it seems kind of weird to put those things together but that's it if you've never heard it but Dr. Rigney wrote autobiographically on the topic this specific topic we're talking about and when he was in his college days he said that and I quote Piper put his finger on the tension that I'd felt in my own life. A tension between the biblical truth that everything is about God and the experiential truth that I wanted to be happy. That's him, young man in college, Rigney, before he became president. He goes on to say, and Piper showed me, as he's shown thousands of others through his preaching and writing, that in the end, there is no tension between God's passion for his glory and my passion for my happiness, or at least it shouldn't be, he says. Rigney also wrote, he says this, he says, I came to saturate myself in Christian hedonism, the provocative term that Piper used to describe the biblical truth that we glorify God by seeking our highest pleasure in Him. But Joe Rigney went on to struggle with the idea of full satisfaction in God and the satisfaction, on the other hand, that he gained from earthly things. He kind of got confused. How do those things go together? Kind of like why Christians are so odd and awkward about some of these things and don't really think with a biblical framework. There's a tension there. Rugney wrote, here's the tension produced, that produced this book. How does a single-minded pursuit of the glory of God fit with a real and deep enjoyment of created things. Have you ever thought that? Do you you feel that tension a little bit at times? Do you have to find yourselves kind of compartmentalizing your thinking uh, that all the spiritual things are all on Sunday or maybe Wednesday, depending on or whenever you might have church activities here? And then everything else is just kind of subpar or just mundane and who really cares or God's not so much involved in that or you're just not thinking spiritually about those other things. Rigney writes, and I think he hits the nail on the head. He says, my guess is that many of you have asked that question and felt this tension too. You felt torn by your desire to love and honor God above all things and your unavoidable and inescapable delight of earthly things. We've been there, haven't we? That's where we've all been at times in the Christian life. I think he's on to something here. He goes on to say, you've felt that low-grade guilt whenever you really enjoy an earthly pleasure. Maybe you live with the perpetual sense that you're not enjoying God enough, whatever that means, he says, or that you're enjoying his gifts too much, whatever that means. We've, We've been there. We might be confused. That's okay. That's why I'm preaching a sermon about these things, to get us thinking biblically, right? Yeah, we should feel bad in earthly things if they're sinful things, but if they're not sinful things, why is it that we get that nagging feeling of, oh, this is not, this is not that important or not that good? I mean, why? It's, I don't think it's a biblical view. Joe Rigney says, maybe you've begun to treat created things like hot potatoes, which are good, right, or looking at your delight in physical affection and chocolate ice cream and a walk around the lake in early fall with a wary and skeptical eye because you wonder whether it's too precious for you. Maybe you have sensed that as you grow in holiness, as you become more like Jesus, that your enjoyment of the fresh raspberries and lively conversations with friends and gardening in the springtime ought to diminish, ought to grow dim because you're increasingly satisfied with God alone. Maybe that's where we've been. Is that you? Because here's the thing. If we just see and connect the truth that we see in our passage tonight of 1 Corinthians 10.31 to these doubts and such, I think we have the answer. Let's see it again. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So we can watch that big football game next week to the glory of God, can't we? You better believe that we can. I look forward to that. I do. I look forward to it. It's okay to look forward to that. That's not unspiritual. You can look forward to that and enjoy the game and enjoy the fellowship and the food. It's a good time. If you've been to the other times, it was a lot of fun. Good kids running around playing games, watching the game, eating good food, talking, connecting, meeting new people. That's a good thing. We We should enjoy that. That's good. I think it's good. Not because I love God less. Someone might judge someone for liking earthly things. You just must not like God a lot. You're just not a very spiritual person. No, it's not because I love God less, but because I love God more and see even in a football game the evidence of God's grace and glory to me and to you and to us and blessings. So, whether it's the obvious things that we saw at the beginning, we live and act and move and do all things to his glory as we saw. Or if it's the less obvious things that we just saw, we should also enjoy the things of earth that are not sinful and thank God for them and really enjoy them while praising God. For them, because he does not want us to live stoic lives of avoidance and self flagellation like some people in church history would do. They just hurt themselves more, and somehow God was more happy with them. Whip them, hurt them. People did that. That was supposed to be holy. That, that's not holy. <laughs> that's not biblical. That, that's confused. That's not a biblical worldview. Or steep sleeping on a stone floor, as some would do, instead of a comfy bed. As if, Or ignoring the birds chirping on a Sunday afternoon because you just want to only think about the things of God or something. Are you kidding me with that kind of thing? That is one of the things of God, birds chirping on a Sunday afternoon. Enjoy it already. Let's enjoy the things of God for his glory. Because as Piper has reminded our generation, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And we show our satisfaction in him by giving him glory. Whether we eat or whether we drink or whatever we do. Or whether we're at church or whether we're studying the Bible or whatever we do. To God's glory. See all the good gifts from him as they actually are. Church. From him. Live unto his glory, whatever you do, and do all things for God's glory. And Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for what we're able to see from your word. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to live our lives, joyful lives, with our joy in you primarily, and help us to be able to appreciate all that you're doing in our lives, all that you've given us to be a blessing to us so that we would not just leave you out of the mundane things of life or the earthly things of life. We we wouldn't forget you. I don't want to forget you. I don't want my brothers and sisters here to forget you. We want you always, all the time. And we see all things, good things from you. And we are so thankful, Lord. We're so thankful. Oh, Lord, you could have given us food that tasted terrible, Lord. We know that. You could have given us a world that just was, just had nothing that we really liked. It was just everything that we just hated. Sometimes we can feel that a little bit at times and be discouraged. But help us to open our eyes. Maybe open our eyes to the things of earth that you've given us for a blessing. And help us to live all areas of our lives to your glory. We need your help once again. In all things, including this, change us, move us, bless us, Lord. We say this in Christ's name.